welcome to the Speak Your Peace podcast. My name is Ian McNaughton. Thank you for joining us. Uh, coming on to the pod, uh, we're recording this Monday night. Coming on tonight, uh, Jevin from the Left Side Heavy Pod, my boy, my dude. <laughs> he was talking with Adam Forsyth earlier tonight. Uh, that's a big, if you don't know, that's a big, big interview. That's a big draw for Jevin. So congrats, yeah. big guy. I wish I could interview somebody that famous, but I'm interviewing you. So that's pretty close. <laughs> Hey, well, I appreciate that intro. But yeah, Adam Forsyth, he's a really good guy. His DMs are open on Twitter, so I guess I just kind of got lucky. But I just threw a flare, and my mindset was the worst thing he could say was no. So, and luckily I got a yes, but yeah, talked a little uh, deadline deals, and no, it was a fun one. You're you're hot right now. You're on a roll, so that's why we we had yeah. to get you on for Monday after the NHL trade deadline, which went which finished uh, about eight and a half hours ago as we record this. Uh, I sent you an agenda earlier, and then the Mantha trade happened. Yeah. But do you, is there a trade you want to start with, or or, or uh, one of the big ones that we should dive into first? I mean, you can start wherever. There's a few like hidden gems that I like, but I can kind of sprinkle them in as we go. All right, let's start with the Hall trade because I, right. I I I thought about this yesterday because obviously it came out late last night for us, yeah. and at first, like at first, I'm like, okay, it's not great. Obviously, the return is not great for Taylor Hall. It's not it's not a huge return uh, coming back the other way. But I think that's the best the Sabers could have done. I don't know if they could have done any much more much more than that. Yeah, because Taylor Hall kind of handcuffed um, the Sabres because he had a no-move clause. So he was basically – it was like the Kessler when he wanted to leave Vancouver. Yeah. He was like, I want – you're only going to trade me to either Anaheim or this other team. And, like, I don't want to go anywhere else. So I think that was the same thing with Hall, which kind of surprises me because he only signed a one-year deal. And Buffalo's really shitty, so it's like – what if they don't trade you? Are you going to stay on this team? Like, I would take anywhere but Buffalo and then just re-sign somewhere else. So he kind of handcuffed Buffalo, and I think they kind of got the best. And I don't know if they can get a first-rounder because if he had term, then I think they could have got a first for him. But in my opinion, I think Hall's worth a second-round pick. I think he's... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think he's incredibly overrated, but... He's a good player, but I think he's just incredibly overrated. I think this is the summer uh, once, like, the, however this season plays out for Hall, we're probably going to have a referendum referendum on how good he actually is because yeah. he's got a, what, two-point-something shooting percentage with the Sabres this year? Like, he's... He has two goals on the season. Two goals, so not good. Um, and, yeah, yeah, you mentioned a no-move clause. The other thing is that I think he made – he's making $8 million, I think, this year, or, like, seventy yeah. grand a day or something ridiculous like yeah. that. Um, which, I mean, probably too much for Taylor Hall, but if you want a, a, a good, you know, second-line left winger, that's your guy. Not a bad option. Yeah, 100%. It also, Buffalo retained 50% of it, too, so Boston's only paying him four mil. Which I think it's like a good fit. Boston, like you can never use too much of like a speedy winger. So, like it never hurts. But so, so this is the question I brought up with a couple of my friends last night, in, including SYP creator Scott, who is not here tonight. He's on vacation. Um, Beauty. Yes. Lovely guy. Can't say enough about him. Um, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon uh, was not able to come on tonight, which really is too bad. He he's doing the uh, uh, um, uh, he's doing like car karaoke with uh, what's his name, the other guy who's on CBS. He's doing that. James Corden. He's yeah, doing James car, Corden. He's doing car karaoke with James Corden. He has a, he has a hashtag segment he has to do. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask about Taylor Hall because outside of Pasternak, is this the best winger that David Krejci's ever played with? I have, um, I have I have some names I want to throw at you. That I, I mean, he's definitely up to. there, but I mean that like 2011 run the Boston had, like they had okay. some absolute heaters on there. So I but, so Milan Lucic was like top of that list of wingers that Krejci's played with outside of Pasternak. I have uh, late in his career Jerome McGinley. Oh yeah, Jake DeBrusque. Yeah, we'll we'll see how he turns out, but 
Uh, Nathan Horton. He was good. He was good. Yeah, and then, unfortunately, concussions got the best of him. And the other name, uh, just for shit and, shits and giggles, I want to throw out there is Louis Erickson. But I Louis feel- Erickson. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to say Hall is up there for one of the best wingers. He, I, he, yeah, I think he ranks one or two on that list. I actually like Nathan Horton back. Yeah. Like on the bees when he was healthy, like he was actually a pretty good player. And Milan Lucic, he fit in that system well. But I think Taylor Hall, in terms of skill players, he has to be number one on that list. So the other thing I, I figured out today, you're going to love this. I figured out how to fix the savers. Oh, let me hear it. So what you do, if you're, if you're Kevin Adams or whoever's going to be running the savers, because who knows if Kevin Adams is going to still run the savers after this. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, if you're the savers, what you do is you're a dumping ground for every team's shitty contract with like a no move, or without a no move, like without the restrictions, basically any shitty deal that you can just trade away. Buffalo should take those contracts and take draft picks from those teams for said contract you're just a dumping ground for shitty contract and you get yeah. draft capital and you do the long rebuild that's my way to fix the sabers like it's a long rebuild yeah i think before they even have a sniff of contending it's more than five years i think i mean their prospects just haven't been turning out but i kind of like where you're going with that because you can yeah you can uh control the negotiations if you're receiving a shitty contract so well here's the thing so the estimate according to cap friendly estimated cap space for them next year 32 and a half million dollars so they'll have 32 and a half million to play yeah. with in the off season uh right now their standard players con- standard player contracts which are allowed a max of 50 uh they currently have 23 expected for next season uh, some names that I thought that the that the Sabers could go after you you like these names as well, uh, Franz Nielsen, uh, <laughs> J- shout out Franz Nielsen, uh, yeah. J- James Neal, Matt Duchesne. Okay. I mean Duchesne's not awful. It's just a, that's an eight million dollar deal with Nashville. Yeah, like, that, like that's just a shitty contract. I, as soon as he signed that deal, I knew it was going to be a regret. I knew he wasn't worth eight mil. No, no, not a chance. Especially uh, the term that he signed for. It's insane. Like him, the other name I have on this list is Ryan Johansson. Yeah. Both of them are signed to like shitty deals with term. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, other names I wanted to throw out there. I have JVR with a question mark because JVR has actually had a good season. It's he's actually playing. Yeah, he's playing really well. It's just an expensive contract and the Philly decides yeah. to rebuild in the offseason. Uh, the other two names, I uh, three names, I have Michael Matheson, Tyler Johnson and Clayton Keller. Neither one of those, none of those guys are, are bad players per se. They just have terrible contracts that yeah. people might be able to take on. Um, over under eight years until the Sabres make the playoffs again. So if the con- if the divisions go back to the way they are, the in the Atlantic with like Boston, Tampa, Toronto. Montreal, Ottawa on the rise too. Detroit on the rise. I'm going over. You mentioned five years. Because I, I had that thought in my head today. Like You mentioned five years. I'm like, okay, this is at least a five-year teardown with the Sabres. Like, I, I said five years before they even like get back on – like before they even get an identity. Yeah. Five yeah. years. Uh, it's, but right now, they're just kind of scrambling to – figure out what they want to do do you think they trade jack eichel in the offseason i i think he's going to be gone i think jack's had enough he sees no future in buffalo like he's going to waste his entire career if he stays there right yeah and i really hope he gets traded because i have him in my fantasy team and i plan on keeping him so uh yeah just throwing that out there yeah I think he could be traded to the Rangers. That's yeah. That's that. I feel like the Rangers or the Kings are like the two like go-to teams yeah. for him to be on. So I I honestly do think he's going to be traded, or at least like reports are going to come out that he's demanded a trade, and then it might take a while for him to 
get the deal done. Because Buffalo, they have to be picky with him. They can only they only have one chance to really get a good return on Eichel. So hopefully, a lot of teams are interested. But I th- I think he's gone after the season. I mean, like, how can you return? Right? They just got their tenth win last night. Like, it's um, tough. It's yeah. So basically, youngish core guys I have they could potentially build around Jack Eichel, Rasmus Dahlin. Who Dalene's fine, but he's gonna be. I think you can. I think you can build around Dalene. He's he's still so young. He's like what twenty one. He's just like this is the last year of his entry level deal. Like there's still so much time with him. I know it's and he came into the league as an eighteen year old, and a defenseman. Usually defensemen don't come into the like twenty two. Yeah. And he started playing when he was eighteen. Like it's absolutely absurd. It's like the Noah Dobson effect where like Dobson yeah. Dobson was, I think, a top 10 pick. And he was like one of the best defensemen that year in that draft class. But now he's starting to finally like make his way into yeah. the Islanders. Um, I got Dylan Cousins as someone they can build around. I like Cousins. No, 100%. Like, I, loved Jack, it. I love Cousins. Jack Quinn is, is all right. And then Olofsson, Yoki Haru, and Uko Pekka Lukanen, who's their – goalie of the future but i mean it is it's dire do you, th- do you think they offer sheet anyone with their I cap space that I they don't. have i mean they need picks and that's why I, yeah. I i that's why i think they should just go the like taking in shitty contracts for picks i the problem is that there is nowhere but down like this team has to rebuild and this team has to just like yeah play like shit the problem is that that's a terrible option in free agency like you're not going to get many free agents coming you're not, yeah you're not going to get anyone so, surprisingly they even got hall yeah and, and i mean the, the problem with the hall deal too is that that's like the absolute worst case the worst case scenario played yeah. out for buffalo in that and even the hall to some i mean certain extent but i mean for buffalo that was like the worst case scenario can't happen right and, and i know did with hall so I yeah, it's it's too bad. Um, should we switch over to the Manta trade? Sure. All right. Let's do it. So my Detroit Red Wings. We texted about this earlier. Yeah, uh, we did. You, you said that the Capitals got fleeced. I I believe is what you said. I did uh, say that for for Anthony Manta. So just in case you haven't heard, uh, the Capitals received Anthony Manta. Anthony Manta. The Red Wings received Richard Ponick. Jacob Vrana, uh, Jacob Vrana, excuse me, uh, a first round pick this year and a second round pick next year. Uh, as a Red Wings fan, I'm thrilled with this deal because I didn't think this kind of return was out there for Manta considering um, the Taylor Hall trade. I didn't think Manta was as good as like the Kyle Palmieri's of the world and the Nick Felino's of the world. I mean, kind of the same with Felino, but I thought that was just, I thought that was more of, you know, the extreme and not how things usually happen. Um, your thoughts about the Manta trade to Washington? You see, so my early, I'm playing Reese. I play recency bias earlier today because Manta hasn't had a good year at all. Not really. And no. his defensive game is trash. But the season before, or like the COVID shortened season where he got hurt, he was scoring at an elite pace, and he's a big body. He's like six four, two thirty. He can really score, and he thrives when he's not the guy. And I think that's really going to benefit him in Washington. But I think, like, a Mantha for Verona is fair on its own. And then you throw in a depth piece with Ponick and a first and a second, and I just think that's a huge haul for an Anthony Mantha kind of player who's pretty one-dimensional in my opinion so i i really love the trade for detroit and stevie y comes out on top once again he just he he doesn't lose man you guys got a good one with him but no that's actually very like that's what you gotta love about steve eisenman is the fact that he doesn't lose trades yeah i don't know if he has i'll have to go back and actually check the red wings trade history i can't think of a trade off the top of my head that he's lost right now uh pierre lebrun on twitter said uh earlier today my guess is the caps view this as two trades in one 
Panic yeah. plus a pick to re- relieve them of $2.75 million in flat cap environment going forward with two, two more years on the contract. And then Verona ran up plus a pick uh, for Manta. So essentially, the Capitals are giving them the second round pick with Panic to take them off that cap hit. And then ran up plus a pick. I'm assuming the first one for Manta. I guess that's how that's supposed to go. I don't know. But it's a it's a it's it's a great deal for the Red Wings. It's kind of a weird one for the Caps. And what's what's Detroit's cap space looking like next year? Um, I think we're gonna have approximately ten million in, in cap space, give or take, because we we've pretty much have been just the team, kind of like Buffalo. What I suggested of the dumping ground for shitty contracts, like we had Mark Stahl this year, uh, and we got a second round pick for him. Uh, according to Cap Friendly, if I can pull it up here, projected cap space of eight mil. Yeah, that sounds about right. And Verana's a pending RFA, so he's making three point three five right now. Do you think? I think he's worth like, what would you say, four point two five? Or would you yeah, say he's worth about, around? I think that's about right. I think he's probably worth about close to like Manta money. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, the thing with Matt here's here's my player evaluation for Anthony Manta is that he's when when good like when he's playing good he's really good. The problem is that he's hasn't played as good or the amount of times he's been good is not nearly enough. And he's kind of the closest thing to like the big body maybe power forward that we see. Like he throws his body every once in a while, every round every once in a while. No, good offensively. I I just think Ron is just a Ron is just a better fit. Yeah, I think I think he play. I think he's you know if he's on a line with Robbie Fabry and Michael Rasmussen, I, I'm cool with that. Like that that yeah. I'm happy with in the future. And I I think that's a better fit for the Red Wings than having Manta on the first line with you know Bertuzzi and Larkin like we've been talking about for years now. So no, I what, agree with you. What did you say? Four and a quarter for Rana? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, I, that sounds about right. That's, yeah. yeah, that seems right. Um, that I was going to say, if there was one thing I didn't like in this whole deal, and we got a draft pick for taking it, but it is the panic contract. Like, I don't... How much been, longer do they have of it? Like, two years? Uh, two, two years and 2.75. Which is a bit more than I'd like to pay for that kind of player, but, I mean you get a second round pick at it out of it. So, you know, it's kind of a wash. It could be worse. It could be worse. Yeah, exactly. And that's like me nitpicking of an yeah. awesome trade altogether. You guys got the draft capital that you need. And especially from a team like Washington, a second round pick is going to be like an early second round pick. No, it, yeah, I'm thinking fantasy drafts. It doesn't snake an actual... <laughs> I'm such an idiot. No, but I know I mean, what you're. I, I know what you're saying though. Like it's, like, it should be a good second round pick. Like that's that's still a top yeah. sixty pick. Yeah. So, you guys, I think this is like an overall good haul for Detroit for a player like Mantha. And I and I'm not saying that Mantha is a bad player by any means. Like he is. No, a, not he, at all. He is a top six player. Like you said, he's got his defensive woes, but overall, he's a top six player who's probably going to play on that second line can play some first line minutes with Obi and Backstrom if you need him to. And I feel like he'll be a really good playoff performer for them. Like he yeah. definitely seems like someone who will thrive in the postseason. Especially like on the second power play unit against his like on Washington. Like yeah. I think he can I think he can thrive. So I mean it's kind of it's more of a B grade for Washington and an A grade I think for Detroit and that kind of yeah. like I, I can't complain as, as a Red yeah. Wings fan and you know, the thing about Manta too is that Manta does have term. Like, he's still got three more years after this one. Like, you can't, yeah. you, you know, you can't be too upset with that either. You got somebody, you know, you can build around and see what the future's like with him. Um, Nick Foligno, he got dealt to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about Nick Foligno heading north. So, the Leafs were... Now, I don't know if you have it listed for like later on in the episode, but 
Doesn't matter. Keep you, whatever. I have Toronto as one of my winners, and I think Felino plays a big part. Now they did give up a lot to Columbus. They gave a first this year and a fourth round next year, but Felino is the exact player that Toronto needs. Like the exact player. They need a player with grit. They need a leader with playoff presence. They need a guy who won't back down from anything. And a player who has produced in big moments and can produce on a decently consistent basis. Now, mind you, Felino, I think he only has like 16 points this year. That's about a point every second game, which isn't bad for a player like Felino. He's getting up there in age, but he'll get in the dirty areas. He'll fight. He'll like get the meat and potatoes like he's a meat and potatoes type of player and the Leafs are missing that they have all the skill in the world with Matthews Marner Nylander Riley Tavares like they don't need any more like eight million they don't need any more Taylor Halls like we were saying earlier they need like the Wayne Simmons the veteran presence of Joe Thornton yeah the Nick Foligno types of player, like they need that and I think this was a huge pickup for the Leafs even though it was a, they had to give up a first I think their first round pick's gonna be like a I think they're I think the North Division is theirs to lose, in my opinion. I think it's gonna be a cakewalk to the final four teams. And so I think I think cup final or bust for them this year. They might not win, but I think it's cup final or bust for them this year. So I think Felino will definitely help them, which is why I have him in my winners circle. I, I love the trade because of all the things you said, like Felino is like the per- he's the guy you want on your team in the postseason. And yeah. if you've been following like the Leafs and the signings that Dubas has made this year, like signed Simmons, he signed Thornton, he signed Special last year. It's those guys who are the like who are not afraid to say in the locker room, "What the fuck are we actually doing here?" Yeah, exactly. And that's what the Leafs needed last year which is somebody in the locker room to, to, you know, not be afraid to stand up and say, what the fuck is actually going, like, what the fuck are we actually doing here, guys? Like, pick yeah. it up. And that's what Felino's going to do. That's what Thornton's going to do. That's what Spess is going to do. That's what Simmons is going to do. All those guys. Um, I, I love it. I, I can't say enough about it. And, yeah, like, Toronto should be a top four team this year. Yeah. Toronto I think it. If they don't make it out of the North, then it's a very, very disappointing season. And I even think that if they don't make it to the Cup Final, then it's still going to be a disappointing season. Because I think with how Jack Campbell's playing, they even got even more depth with adding Riddick. Yeah. And I know Freddie Anderson, like he's not having a season, but he's still that anchor for the team. So with how their last line of defense is playing, they have... Like, they don't have to worry if Freddie's playing bad because they can throw Campbell in, who's, like, 11-0 and this year, mm-hmm. which is, by the way, like, a record-setting milestone for him. And they added sandpaper finish to what they need. It's just, like, I think they really um, hit on all cylinders this trade deadline. Like, I wouldn't want to go up against the Maple Leafs now. No, like, like I don't want, yeah, like I don't want to play the Maple Leafs. Like that's a fuck, dealing with the top line of the like Matthews, Marner, Hyman, let's say, and then yeah. and then going now, you know, when everybody is healthy and playing, you know, Felino, Tavares, Nylander, like that's not a fun. That's not a fun. That's not fun at all. And or if you even throw like Marner. Um, no, yeah, Marner, Matthews, Hyman, and then even like Thornton, Tavares, and Nylander, and then yeah. you throw Felino, Simmons, like Kerfoot. Yeah, like they're a scary team, and they still have Morgan Riley, uh, TJ Brody, Hall, Muzzin. Like they, yeah, like they have, like they've built their, they've completely 180'd from like a couple of years ago and they were just like a skill team. Like they were like a midget house team yeah, last yeah. week in terms of hitting was banned and all you needed was skill because if they even touched you, they would get a penalty. That's what their team was built like. But now they got heavier and 
harder to play yeah, against. Yeah, even before the season started. Got a got mosquito. It. Did you get it? Yeah, I got it, but I thought I killed it, then it flew away. Uh, so That's the worst feeling. It, yeah, it'll come by my lamp here any second. But before the season started, I said, I was like, the Leafs got less skilled, but they got better. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's it's Kyle Dubis, who is my lookalike. People say I look like Kyle Dubis quite a bit. Is um, that why he's your um, display picture on I Instagram? Cha- I changed it, but yeah, I might have to change it back after the Felino trade because people like say I look like Kyle Dubis. Kyle Dubis I can see say- it. Ever, ever since I listened to your, um, not your most recent episode, but the one before that, and you guys were saying like, yeah, I look like Kyle Dubis, and then he... When you said Scott looked like Jimmy Fallon, I couldn't get it out of my head. <laughs> You're just going to start calling him Jimmy from now on because he just looks like Jimmy Fallon. 100% calling him Jimmy. <laughs> like, it's like no doubt. You, uh, you guys have to bring me on, and I'm just going to call him Jimmy like from now on. Like, that's it. It's like the like the Tim Stutzla effect. Like he would love yeah. that too because he's a big Stutzla guy, right? So now oh, he's, he's just gonna yeah. he's just gonna call Jimmy him. <laughs> he's gonna start <laughs> calling him Jimmy now. Yeah. Um, Jimmy K. Jimmy J- K. Jimmy K. What's up, my guy? And then yeah. uh, just you know, every episode he just has to react like this, just like <laughs> over exaggerate everything. Yeah, no, it's, you know, like lean back and start laughing like every single time what, we say what something. What, GSM yeah, Mark DeVay? Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> Who would have thought? No way. Yeah, he does like the lean over, like all <laughs> that sort of just, just he, he has to be holding cue cards in his hands at all times. I'm going to force him to do that the next time. <laughs> yeah, it's just that he, he has to have, play the role. He's got a little you can't be a pretender. Um, <laughs> we, talk, we were talking about Kyle Dubas. Because yeah. Kyle Dubas, I, I love this because I look like him, but also um, because he, he put his balls on the table yeah. and it's like, I'm all in. Here you go, guys. Let's fucking go. Yeah, because did you hear that presser? They were like, will you give up a top prospect in order to like help your team make a run? He's like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and it's just so, like, why not? Yeah, yeah, because you can't be rebuilding – and like contending at the same time, like you just see, you see Tampa. They're giving out first round picks for David Savard. He was yeah. not even nearly worth a first round pick, but he's yeah. like, we need heavy bodies on the back end because obviously it worked last year. And obviously you need pro, you need a prospect pool, but you can't be so worried on that while you're because you win a cup. Oh yeah, you're not, you're not worried about the next five years. Because you're still feeling the high from the Stanley Cup that you won. Especially the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, yeah. These are the Maple exactly. Leafs we're talking about here who haven't won a cup in over 50 years. Yeah. And it's just like... What was it, 67 or 60, something? 67, yeah. Where it's just like, like, okay, would you rather have a first-round pick or, you know, this cool prospect? Or would you rather celebrate a Stanley Cup and, and win a championship? Yeah, like... That's why people were like giving shit for to Tampa for trading a first round pick for Blake Coleman or trading a first round pick for Barkley Goudreau. And then they ended up winning the cup this year. Now those first round picks are worth it because what you did, you ended up winning the most prized possession in the sport of hockey. You're right? a champ. So if this works out, Kyle Dubas is going to. And being completely honest, Kyle Dubas better not get any, any shit. Any he should not be on the hot seat. He shouldn't. GMs, their job is to get the groceries, and the coach is supposed to make a good dinner. If they completely pooch it, the GMs like, what did you want me to do? I got you everything you needed. Yeah, and you you couldn't capitalize. Sometimes it's not even the coach's fault. Sometimes, like, the players can't produce. But Kyle Dubas better not hear any shit because he's doing everything he can to, like, put this team in a position to make a cop run. There's, there, yeah, and, and, I mean, like, what more did you want? Like, this dude, like, this this team is one of the best, top from bottom, 
I, 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 I say they're the third best team in the league right now. We can do yeah. maybe power rankings later on, but like third best team in the league. When top five at least. Top five at least. The best team in Canada. They have a path straight to the Stanley Cup this year by winning the Canadian winning the Canadian Vision, getting a top four spot. Like, why not? Why the fuck not? You just go and yeah. you just go in a cup this year. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah, go all in. And, and especially with this draft class coming up. Like, this year, don't let's not all act like we know who's going to go where in the I, NHL draft this year. I honestly, like, I don't know who the top prospect is this year. It's, like, you could get someone who's projected at five at 20. Yeah, like, let's not act like we all know how this yeah. draft is going to play out. So why yeah. not trade a first-round pick? It's, yeah. it's, it's kind of the thing, same thing with the Caps, you know, trading for Manta, where it's like, why not just trade a first-round pick? Like, who the hell yeah. knows how this draft's going to go? Just Exactly. Uh, yeah, so uh, big ups on the Nick Foligno trade for both sides. Uh, for sure. For Toronto and Columbus, we, we talked a little bit about David Savard, but we kind of know where Columbus is heading and the direction they're going this year. It's not surprising. Yeah. Um, thoughts on the Blue Jackets, by the way, just getting picks. They're uh, hey, by the way, uh, Line A scored. I don't know if you saw Line A. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see the goal, but I saw that he went end to end. Yes, that's the two hundred foot player that Torres was really looking for. That's the joke <laughs> we're making. Uh, but yeah, the Blue Jackets. Yeah, they're they're rebuilding. They're just another picks. one of my winners. Another yeah. one of my winners. Just acquiring picks, they're fine because they were to me. They always, you know, how like when you think of the Dallas Cowboys, you think of eight and eight, yeah. or when you think of when you think of Matthew Stafford, you think he's the last he's the last quarterback you resort to in fantasy football when you wait for a quarterback to draft. Oh no, that's, an, that's Andy Dalton. Yeah, so I guess <laughs> the Red Rifle, but. The Blue Jackets, to me, are always a team. When I think of them, I think of a team that can contend for a playoff spot but won't ever make it. Yeah. And they never, they've never had, like, a polarizing prospect. They traded for Seth Jones. I guess they had Rewinski, but, I mean... Cam actually. Like he, Warinsky is like amazing, and like he's one of the prospects that they've had that has been like stand out. They have Texier, but I guess they have Elvis as well. But they haven't really had any sort of hope or like prospect pool, like San Jose does or Tampa does, or you know what I mean. Yeah. So I think acquiring picks is really important for them because I think their season, like I think they need to press the reset button. And After for, the season. Well, I was going to say, for all I just said about, like, drafting players in this draft class being an absolute, like, you know, just fucking whatever. It's unpredictable. So yeah. unpredictable. It, it's it's a crapshoot, really. And, and there's kudos to Columbus because Columbus, you know, smart for them to take picks because if they're smart, like, I think they are. Like, Kekalainen's a smart dude. Seems like a smart yeah. guy. Why not? And if you got good enough scouting, just go and, you know, draft three good players in the first round. Yeah, exactly. No, three first round picks are really important. They got a third round pick as well. Conditional seventh. Pretty sure it was a, yeah, they, yeah, they got a fourth round pick next year. I mean, they didn't, they acquired what they needed. They need draft capital. And I think that's important for a rebuilding franchise like them. So, do you yeah. think, do you think Torts is back next year? No, I can't. I can't see. I think Columbus needs a new voice in the dressing room. And I mean, this isn't any. I love Torts as a coach. I think he's a a nice old school coach that needs to stay in the league. But I mean, Canucks let go of Elaine Vigneault after they made after they won two president's trophies in a row. I mean, sometimes the team just needs a new voice. And I think Torts has been there long enough that. They don't have to fire him. They don't have to end on bad terms. His contract's up. You know, there's coaches like Gerard Gallant out there. You know, there's Mike Babcock, if you want to bring him from the University of Saskatchewan. But there's other coaches. 
there's yeah, there's other coaches that you can bring in to like you know give to try out, I guess. But I don't think Torts is back next year. No, oh, I, 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 I can't see it. it. He, he doesn't seem like he has the same energy this year, or at least yeah. recently, where it's it's not the same this year. And maybe it's the COVID thing and that whole whatever. And fair enough. And sometimes it's just kind of like you say, it's just good to split. Just leave. Yeah, we're going. To, we're going another direction. new beginnings. New beginnings. Yeah. I I honestly think Torts might take like a year off kind of thing. Just you know, let me just settle down. Let me hang out with the wife and kids for a bit. And yeah, you know, because obviously he probably wasn't able to see him as much as he wanted to this year. So maybe he's just like, you know what, just give me a year off and I'll be open to um contract offers later but i mean hey maybe an offer comes that he can't turn down and he'll continue because you know if you take a year off you never you might just downgrade into like college and stuff and you might not get the offers that you had or the buffalo or the buffalo sabers might offer you a contract and if the buffalo if the buffalo sabers offer you one just like make up some sort of excuse to not take it. And then once they hire a new coach, then reopen your negotiations. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's like, uh, I did, that, that email wasn't like, I didn't get that email. Like, sorry, yeah, I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't see that. My fax machine wasn't yeah. working. Like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, guys. You may, yeah. You may have, uh, you might've pressed uh contortorella instead of John, you know, you probably pressed key, uh, K on the keyboard instead of J. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. Uh, Patrick Laine, speaking of the Jackets, Patrick Laine, he's an RFA after this year. That That's somebody I feel like you have to re-sign and you can build around if you're the Jackets. Um, Especially if you're not – if they don't bring back Torts, I think you have to bring back Laine. Yeah. Because uh, Torts and Laine don't really mesh well. Yeah, because so he, 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 does, he doesn't block shots and he doesn't play – he doesn't get into corners or whatever. Yeah. You see, Torts needs to kind of – as much as Torts wants – players to adapt to his style he needs to adapt to player style yeah it was a whole right? thing. It didn't work in vancouver right yeah it's it's not a one-way street right it has to go both ways so lion is not that type of player make an exception for one guy you know like lion is post up and i'll rip one top shelf like he was on a tear when he first got there like he was actually doing really well but then i think i feel like Torres just kind of drove him into the ground uh, it's well, it's like the Bill Belichick way of just playing to your player strengths, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, like doing what your player does well and not putting them in a vulnerable or weak situation for them. And that's after, why he, yeah, that's after, why he trades out of like first round so many times because he's like, this isn't a player that fits our style. Yeah, like, it, it, we'll it's trade like, down and get just get picks. We'll just get yeah, and then find somebody that we like. Like, don't ask Line A to get, go get the pucks in the corners because it's just not his job. Yeah. That's not what he does. Um, yeah, that's the Columbus Blue Jackets talk for this pod. Um, any other trades you liked or you thought were were, were good or that you, you enjoyed over the deadline? You see, there is a few. Okay. That stood out to me. And one of them is what really gives this team – the possible minor boost they need, and that's the Florida Panthers acquiring Sam Bennett. Oh. Florida Panthers have never been able to get over the hump. They've always been a really good regular season team, but they're always, like, eliminated in the first round of the playoffs because playoffs are a whole different level than the regular season. Sam Bennett's done nothing but succeed in the playoffs. That's his time to shine. You know, he plays with power. He plays with grit. Mm-hmm. He isn't playing like the skill player he's drafted for at fourth overall. And I think, what was it, 2017? No, 2014? 2014, I think that was with Sam Bennett. I'll, I'll pull that up quickly. No, 2017 was Pedersen. It was 2014. Yeah. Bennett to Florida is a really good pickup for them because they need – like they need more grit in their lineup. And I think it could possibly like he's not gonna be the missing piece, mm-hmm. but he can be the spark that they need to like 
keep the wheels going. And I think it's a win-win for both teams because Calgary basically acquired two second-round picks because the prospect they got was drafted in last year's second round. See, that's what that's what I didn't like so, about this trade for for Florida. Like, I I get that aspect. I get that aspect of Bennett being the playoff performer. That yeah. just seemed like a massive overpay for Sam Bennett for me. And maybe it's because he's got two first names that you overpay for him because people with two <laughs> first names are more likely to succeed. But I mean. What was the market on Sam Bennett? Like, unless the, I can't imagine a market on Sam Bennett was like so high that you needed to trade essentially two second round picks for for him. But I mean, I hope it works for Florida. I I think it can. I think Bennett's the type of player where I think he just needs a new, like a fresh start. Sure. And I know, like, it was a lot. But I I think it can pay off for Florida. And Chicago getting Gaudet. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about the uh, the Canucks moves today because that's a an interesting one. I like Gaudet. I thought he was a good you know bottom six piece, and I know he hasn't had a great season, but I mean, like you're keeping him on the bench. He's averaging like two minutes less than last year, right? You can't really get anything going when you're not getting the opportunities. If you're in a check-in role, you're not going to be producing a whole ton. Yeah. So, but I think, yeah, if, uh, I don't know if you have any other trades or if you want to move on to another subject, but Um, I I also think adding Brandon Montour, Florida did for a third round pick. I know it doesn't, replace Ekblad but you need at least they went and got like some sort of piece but can I just can I, I just mean, say uh we're bringing him up for the third time Jimmy Conkin uh he texted me last night about how uh the Ducks were gonna get uh a big big returns for Raquel and Henrik I want to see if I can pull this up uh on Sunday night if we were texting or if it's already been deleted um god um that's today. Uh, yeah, he said Bob Murray has a high price for Raquel and Manson, so we'll get a lot of return if they both go. Delta trade Manson, though. I don't know what a high return would have been for those guys. But, yeah, I like the Montour trade. I, that makes sense. I think I a third-round pick is pretty fair. I just think of Montour. And, he used to play for Anaheim, yeah. and, and obviously now he's yeah. in Buffalo and now he's in Florida. But uh, also big lax guy. Shout out Brandon Montour, big lax guy. <laughs> Big lax guy definitely wore like half calves and vans and like a collared yeah. shirt with khaki shorts. Oh, that's the that's the with, go to go to lax guy with, move is like a flat brim hat with yeah backwards backwards yes with the long hair yeah and then or like either a collared tee or like the baseball. Shirt. I was thinking like, like a polo. He, I think sleeve. I was thinking he had like a polo on. Yeah, yeah, like a yeah, like the um collared polo. Yeah, like the polo shirt with the collar. Yeah, yeah. And then 100%. he's got he's got shorts on, probably khaki shorts. Uh, he's in he's in flip Montour is probably like this is before they're about to play, and he's in flip flops at the rink, and he's just throwing like the lax ball like up against socks the and wall. sandals. Socks and sandals. Yeah. Uh, he drives a jeep to and from the game. And, and yeah. he's just doing that pregame before he's about to play hockey. Or like a 2008 Ranger. Oh, yes. Yes. That, that's, yeah. also, that's a good call, 08 Ranger. <laughs> um, Montour is a good good trade. I like the Mike Riley trade to Boston uh, for the third-round pick to Ottawa. I thought that was a good deal. Um, I thought the Red Wings, obviously, with the Marath and Nemeth deals, I thought they were good. Um, yeah, I, I like- mean – I'll give Vancouver some credit. I like the sixth round pick for Jordy Ben. Yeah. You know, Jordy Ben's on an expiring deal, and like he's not a player that like teams are sought after to get. He shouldn't be in. He shouldn't be in your top four. No, and like if you can get anything for Jordy Ben, take it. And I, when we got a sixth round pick for Jordy Ben, I was like, sweet. I like I don't we're not resigning him. 
We need to play our younger defenseman like Yolevi. He's taking Yolevi's spot, which is blasphemy. And we got a pick out of it, so I can't be mad. Uh, what what trade uh, did you like the least, or did you think was um, not as not as good as it probably could have been or should have been? Um. Well, as a Canucks fan, I hated the Godet trade. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think that was. There's rumors that it was because he was patient zero in the Canucks organization. There's yeah. a lot of the morale's low because of that. It really fucked him. But I, my theory is that he's going to be expensive once his contract comes up. Like he's going to be more expensive than the Canucks want. And with PD and Hughes coming up and just signing Demko and Pearson, there's no room for him. And he's going to be like a third line center at best. Yeah, he, no. Well, he, that's a nice thing about like so, at least I liked about Guy Dead is that he like bottom six guy. He knew his role. Yeah. You probably shouldn't be playing him in top six, and you know maybe give him on you know give him some special teams minutes here and there. But like, I I didn't I didn't like that deal for Vancouver, and especially that the fact that you couldn't get a you could get a draft pick for Jordy Ben, but you couldn't get one for Adam Gaudet. I think you could have got like some like a fourth rounder and this Highlander guy for Gaudet easily. Yeah. I think you could have got something for him. Uh a deal yeah. I didn't a deal I didn't like was the Devin Dubnik trade. For I who? Mean, uh, Devin Dubnik went to Colorado from San Jose, uh, from San Jose like, for Greg Pater- Oh, uh, I didn't like it for Colorado. For Colorado, I thought, I thought there were a better goalies that you could have gone after than Devin Dubnik. And I don't mind Dubnik; like I, he, he was fine with Minnesota. His stats have obviously tailed off the last few years with the Wild. Um, wasn't going to pick them back up with the Sharks this year, and yeah. now he's going to play for an Avalanche team that you know. If again, this is kind of like if it works, it works. Why not get Dubnik? Why not trade for him? But I would have rather gone after like Bernier. Riddick, um, somebody else. There's another goalie who I, I think Dubnik. If he has, I think he's gonna. I like the trade for Colorado. I like that. I like getting Dubnik because their goalie depth was terrible. Because yeah, that was the one position on their team that was would always be injured. And I, you want to hear a terrible take? I always sure. thought Colorado needed better goaltending, and then Grubauer just took that take and shoved it right up my arse. No, I know you and I playing, both had that. Yeah, no, we both had the same take. Yeah, he's like he's playing lights out right now, like top five Vesna candidate this year. But I think Dubnik in a lower role, I think he could play well, especially with a team that's a like a Stanley Cup contender in front of him. Even if he's like a third string guy behind Francouz. But I mean, I think he's got the size. He's shown that he's been able to play good. But it's just San Jose's so bad that it's like it's hard. Like John Gibson. He's I think he's one of the better goalies in the league. And he's not that he's not playing that good because Anaheim is terrible. And they're just so, using him like I, I, they, it's, I think Ryan Miller is still the backup in Anna, or maybe it's Stolers, yeah. and it's just like all I hear about is John Gibson, John Gibson, John Gibson. Yeah, so I think Dubnik can really succeed as like a backup role, coming every, every four games, you know, like just play, average, and you'll be considered a good pickup. So I, and I think Dubnik is more than capable of doing that. Uh, what team do you think improved the most over the trade deadline? I think the Islanders. Well, that's a good pick. I like that. Pick. With Paul Mary and Zajac, because Paul Mary is a consistent 25 goal scorer and Zajac as adds that playoff presence that, cause he went to the finals back in like, what was it? 2012 Yeah, against when, LA when they went to the finals. Yeah. Yeah. So I think may provides a lot of goal scoring depth for them. And I think the Islanders are in a position where they can really make a run because of they've been getting solid goaltending from Sorokin and Verlamov. And Barzell's playing well. Like as a team, they're just playing solid. I think they're sitting at top of the Metro right now, or is it the? No, it's the uh, East. It's the East this year, but yeah. Yeah. So I think 
What was it like? What team most improved was the question? Yeah, yeah what team most improved after deadline? Yeah, so I think the Islanders really did. Um, I think Columbus yeah. I was like as the, a future. I was gonna say the Islanders I had as uh, my team that would represent not the team that would win the well, not the team that would finish first in the East, but the team that would win the East and go and play in the top four at the beginning of the season. Um, so I'm guess kind of rooting for the islanders and uh, you're looking like an expert right now i might know what i'm talking about maybe yeah um you've done honestly. this once or twice I've, yeah exactly um <laughs> i i thought the leafs are the most improved team after the deadline yeah i think they improved a lot uh i i i mean when was the last time kyle dubas lost a trade like it just feels like dubas has just been on a roll lately and, and he's been yeah. killing it and, and i i I think they lost tonight as we're recording this. I think they lost to Montreal, but anyway, like the moment there's momentum. You saw the other, did you see the other night where Marner gave like the back high five to Matthews and Matthews just like slammed it. Like, like that's fun. Like yeah. there's definitely good energy with those guys and you love them. No, for it. sure. Um, and hopefully it continues with the Leafs. That's why I think they're the most improved teams. Yeah. Uh, I've, uh, that Felino edition really helped even if given up a first, but I really think they're going all in and even adding depth with Riddick. Yeah. i I really think they took a step up with this. Uh, uh worst, this trade t- worst team team that got the most worst team team that improved the least. <laughs> uh, can I, can I throw out one name for you? Yeah. The Nashville predators. Like that was a t- that those guys should have been selling. Like Ekholm should have been gone. Probably Ryan Ellis should have been gone. Forsberg maybe, but I mean, like you guys should th- th- that team should have been selling, and instead they just bring in Erica Branson for defensive depth, which is like the last thing they needed. And yeah, they're they're nowhere closer than. Yeah, Nashville's a tricky team because, I like they're making a late push. Like, Hines was supposed to be gone, but he just isn't because they kind of started playing well, and then they think that holding on to Ekholm is they started getting hot, so why not at least try? Because I think this they're in the Central, right? Yeah, they're, they're, with like, they're like Chicago and Dallas. Because and- I think the Central is, like, really wide open to kind of try and do something. So... I mean, like, like I think Chicago got better with Gaudet compared to Nashville getting fucking yeah Branson. But I don't think Chicago's going to end up making the playoffs. It's a but, weird, it's a weird kind of underwhelming mix of teams yeah. between the Hawks, the Preds, and the Stars. No, one hundred percent. I yeah, I think that third and fourth spots completely wide open because I. Right now, Tampa's in first, or Florida's in first, Tampa's in second. Carolina's, like, in, Carolina's in third, uh, and Carolina's probably, like, you have those three teams. It's kind of just a matter of how that order shapes up. Yeah. And and then you have, like, the last team, obviously, trying to get in. And I got to give a shout-out to you, Carolina, dude. They're an absolute wagon this year. I might be the only one saying this, and I know they lost to Detroit tonight, but can I – say rod brendan Moore for jack adams this year oh i i'm on board with that i think it's quinville and then because like obviously florida is doing well so probably quinville but i mean i think rod brendan Moore deserves some jack adams love this season sheldon keith do you think he's up yeah. there as well yeah i would that's probably my top three i think right now is you got quinville brendan Moore, and keith for jack maybe, adams. Tr- maybe trots as well Trots and John Cooper, obviously, because like that team, even with yeah. Kucherov, is still performing well. Um, Jared Bednar. So yeah, it's I mean, there's a lot of teams that are like playing above expectation right now, and it's awesome to see for the league. Uh, uh, going back to what I asked, uh, because I said a, the answer first. Uh, worst team, team that got worse after the deadline. Team that got worse. I mean, Vancouver got terrible. Like, they didn't really, like, they needed to sell, but they didn't. I wish they 
traded Pearson, but I'm also not mad about his contract because I think he's worth around three mil. But I wish we traded him for assets. Uh, team that got worse. Calgary. Sure. Yeah. But, I think they're, they're headed for a rebuild. Like they're gonna tear yeah. it down this summer. I feel like. And I think Buffalo. I really do think they could have got a bit more for Hall, but again, they were kind of handcuffed by his low. Uh, it, it really can't get any worse for Buffalo. Like, yeah, they're just so low with them right now. Uh, it can't get any worse. Um, the you know, we'll see how it goes for the Sabres this offseason off as well. Uh, you got a, a team, one more, you know, final question. Uh, one team that you are going to be watching or paying close attention to down to, down the home stretch here. I really want to see how Florida finishes out because they're a really interesting team to me. They're a team that's as soon as you hear Canada needs another team, Florida's the, or like Quebec needs a team. Florida's the first team they look to because they're just never bringing in any fans. Sure. But they're like a really good team. Like, imagine Florida up in Canada, like the team that they have. They definitely get more uh, like TV would viewers be, and fans. Yeah, it would be insane. So they're definitely a team that I'm looking forward to watching, especially with Bennett, because I just want to kind of see how he plays. And I'm really intrigued to see how Felino plays in Toronto. Yeah, that, I'm, I'll probably be watching even more Leafs games now because of the Felino edition. Yeah, even getting 100%. Riley Nash too, like that he won't play until the playoffs because he's injured. But even adding Riley Riley Nash to that team, like, just gives him another fourth line center to work with. Yeah, like, can't argue with that. Can't argue at all. Um, I, I, I want a team. I'm going to be watching, kind of two teams: St. Louis, Arizona, in that okay. we, in that West race because St. Louis didn't do anything today. Uh, Arizona didn't do anything today. Um, I really felt like this, like, I guess it was kind of just a matter of like, you know, if one of them was going to do something, the other one would have done something, but neither one of them did anything. So we're just going to see how this plays out. But I mean, the blues had some pieces they could have traded and they didn't. The Coyotes had some pieces, and the Coyotes, I think, are in a worse situation than the Blues are, just as an organization and just everything that's going on with them. Um, I don't know. I I think either one of those teams that gets to the you know playoffs as the fourth seed is probably got an ass smacking coming their way from the Avalanche. But it's yeah, I I. I'm going to be intrigued to see how they play out. And if either one of those teams wants an ass masking from the avalanche in the playoffs. Yo, they're so like, they're so good top to bottom. It's starting to get like questionable about like, are they slipping the league some money? Cause it's almost seems like unfair how they're doing it right now. It's absolutely wild. Well, so, okay. So let's go through this. So top five teams in the league right now, I think it's Colorado. Tampa, I'm going to say Toronto, Vegas, Carolina. Uh, that um, fourth, that fifth spot, you know, Washington's looking good. The Islanders are looking good. Florida's looking good. I think my five would be Tampa. Colorado, Vegas, Toronto, Islanders. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Like, that's still a really good five. Yeah, that would be my five, and then Carolina would slip in at six. I... But I just, like, the way the Islanders play, they're just really well-structured. They're just a good team. Yeah. They're a good team. They have they're pretty, they're playing solid on all areas of the ice right now, including goaltending, which is the most important come playoff time. Um, because they have offensive weapons, but if you can get a good backstopper, then 
you at least it gives your team confidence to kind of play free willy out there on offense. And it's going to be so exciting when we get to the playoffs and the Islanders beat the the Bruins or the Penguins two yeah. one every game in the playoffs. It's going to be so yeah, fun to watch. Exactly. <laughs> um, one question in our mailbag tonight. Shout out uh, uh, Speaker Peace creator Kevin K five Vin on Instagram. Shout out uh, Kevin. Shout out Kevin. Uh, what major sport deadline is the best? We can we can eliminate football. Football is like the mo- like football deadline. Not many things happen in the football. I, uh, deadline, yeah, so. it's mostly like offensive tackles being traded for draft picks. It's it's really not much. So it's it's between I would say basketball, hockey, or or baseball. I think. The NHL deadline is the best. Yeah, that's the conclusion I came to earlier because I, if I was more into baseball, like I've kind of fallen off my baseball fandom these last few years. Uh, but if I was more into that, I'd probably say the baseball deadline because there are some fairly – it's kind of like the hockey deadline in terms of pieces being moved, but it just doesn't get the same fanfare. And they had a complicated trade deadline too where they actually had two trade deadlines, uh, if that makes sense for baseball. That's... Yeah. That's baseball is like 162 games. They play five games in a row, take a day off, five games in a row, take two days off, six games in a row. It's like, bro, like, and then, yeah, it's wild. There's no salary cap. Players are getting $300 million contracts for 14 years. It's like, yo. Baseball's a weird sport. I had a take today. So I, I said, contracts and it brought me up to this and my co-worker he doesn't necessarily want follow sports like as much as i do and like we do and stuff sure and he was like Connor mcdavid like how much did he make like his first deal and i was like rookie deals in the nhl are pretty structured it's like you're not making any more than like seven hundred ninety thousand dollars in like each of your first three years and then it's once you hit that then you can sign for whatever and then you can hit free agency after seven years Mm -hmm. and i was like he's making 12 and a half right now a year on edmonton and he's like damn he's getting paid i was like compared to other sports that's like Oh yeah, no. Connor, uh, one, McDavid, Connor McDavid should be making at least twice that, if like probably more, like three times that. And I was telling him, I was like, compared to other athletes, he'll be the most underpaid athlete of all time. Yeah, that's a good. Like, that's a that's a good like debate or like podcast episode. Just debating the most underpaid athletes of all time. Like, cause people are saying Mahomes is underpaid. and He's getting fifty million dollars a oh, year. Oh, he's way overpaid. Like. I like Mahomes, but man, that like like it's amazing. Like Dak Prescott's getting forty million dollars a year. Like Stafford's getting like thirty-two million dollars a year. Like Russ people are getting paid, a bunch. and like McKinnon's making six and a half or six point three or whatever, and he's still gonna take less once his contract comes up. Like, yeah. and it's I know it's all due to like marketing and revenue, and you know it's. You can only get paid what's coming in and stuff like that. And it's not in, on the levels of the NFL and NBA and MLB. But, yeah, I think McDavid, in comparison, he'll be one of the more underpaid players and, of, and that, and, like, all time. Well, I was going to say, like, obviously, I I like baseball. I'm from the States. Like, I've grown up a Manners fan. I used to play baseball when I was a kid. Like, I love baseball. And I, I would post more about baseball if it just did better number numbers wise, because in our yeah. demographic, like for you and I, like people our age just aren't talking about, about baseball. Yeah. Like it, it just, it doesn't happen. And they make their money from their regional TV deals. Right. And, and fucking, yeah. It's when I tell that to people like Connor McDavid should be making three times as much as what he's making. Mitch Marner probably should be making more Austin Matthews. Like yeah. those guys should be making McKinnon. Those guys should be making a fuck ton more, and it's just like that's hockey. That's the that's NHL. hockey. That's, it's insane. Uh, it's absolutely just, insane. Um, before we head out here, uh, anything you want to plug or anybody you want to uh, mention on here before before we go? Um, not much. Just uh, 
you follow and subscribe to my podcast, uh, Left Side Heavy. It's on Apple, Spotify, and Google. You can find that on my personal page, Jevon.Lefebvre. That's J-E-V-O-N dot L-E-F-E-B-V-R-E. Same for my Twitter without the period. And then follow on Instagram and Twitter at LeftSideHeavy underscore. Just if we're talking Monday, I just recorded an episode with Adam Forsyth of Sportsnet 650 and News 1130. He was also one of two green men for the Vancouver Canucks that would sit beside every penalty box at every home game. That will be dropping Wednesday. So go listen to that. And I'm doing a giveaway at 400 followers. So stay tuned for that. Follow the podcast page and you can be a part of a giveaway. But yeah, that's where you can follow me. Obviously we'll be sharing the, uh, the links to Jevin and you, you know, tagging you in the stories. Um, Jevin's got a really good podcast. You got some really good guests who come on, by the way. Like I, I'm, I appreciate I'm, that. I, I'm like I listen to your podcast every week, and I'm always impressed with like the you know the insight that you have and the quality that you give. I mean, higher production than what we have. I'm literally just in my bedroom here in Burnaby with my hockey stick uh, right. I see that. So uh, you know, I appreciate. Is that a Mako? It is a Mako. It's a, it's an orange Mako. It's actually the second Mako I had. Oh, I had I used to have a blue one and I uh, broke it playing against uh, uh, who was I play? Sunshine Coast because I hate Sunshine mm. Coast and those guys are assholes. Um, <laughs> that's that's the podcast. Uh, my name is Ian McNaughton, of course. Uh, be sure to follow Speak Your Peace. Uh, you know where to find us. We'll share the links on it. If you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. We're also on Apple. We're also on Spotify. I think we're also on Google. Basically, wherever you listen to music and podcast, you can find us. So uh, thanks again to Jevin for uh, coming on and talking hockey with us today. And well, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode as well of the Speak Your Peace podcast. So we'll talk to you then. Peace out.